0: You're listening to DraftKings Network.
1: Wait, are you
2: gaming? On a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah. I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. it Discover the Ultimate Cloud Gaming Machine. A new kind of Chromebook.
3: Okay, I can't get myself in any more trouble. Let's move on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This whole podcast is us like trying not to get into trouble. But we do it for you guys.
3: These are our true thoughts. Hey everybody, welcome back to Too Many Men. My name is Allison Lucan. Uh, We're here at you with another episode. We're coming to you two times a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I am thrilled to be joined by the ever-optimistic, prolific writer, and one of my favorite people to listen to and read all day, every day, Sarah Sivian. Sarah, how are you today?
0: I didn't know which way that was going to go. That's a universal one there. Um, I am great. I'm showing the people a little Halloween cheer. I don't know. Found it when I was looking for something else for my costume, which I'm not going to say what it is, but...
3: Oh, a tease. A tease, Mm -hmm. if you will. All right. Well, we are not too many men if we don't have the dedicated, always willing to chip in, and probably the only other person I read every word that they write, and that is... The Athletic, Shayna Goldman. Shayna, say hi. Hi.
1: (laughs) Okay, wait. Actually, I think the people were gypped. I would like, I have a statement to make. I think the people were gypped last episode when we talked about Taylor Swift because I had nothing to bring to the table that if we can, I would like Producer Jeremy to give us a quick thought on Midnight's to really round out a trio of people talking about it.
3: Yes, Producer Jeremy, join us, please, and share with us your reviews on the Midnight's album, and it's joy because Shayna can't be bothered.
2: (laughs) Wow, this is amazing. Hi, guys. Uh, I'm just unmuting and not coming on camera, so I don't want to mess up everything in terms of cutting video for all of our other wonderful producers. Uh, I enjoyed Midnight's. I don't know what I expected from the album. And I don't And so in turn, I'm still sort of processing and listening through over and over to see which songs really stick out again. But I'm also I am a huge fan of Jack Antonoff. Um, I like bleachers his band is my favorite band Uh, My fiance and I have traveled to go see them like we're big fans And so in turn I was so excited when I knew the two of them would be working together on this whole record And I think that that sometimes the two of them work perfectly together I do think sometimes their styles of creating music almost conflict even though they like each other so much And so in turn, sometimes the lyrics of a couple of these songs don't necessarily match the style of production that I think maybe would be best for them. But most of these songs are really great. I love that Taylor's always willing to dive into a specific concept on an album. And that's super cool from a creative side. And like, man, there really are a bunch of bops and a bunch of hooks that are like really fun to listen to. So. Uh, I really enjoyed it, as I also almost always do with Taylor Swift.
0: That was such a fair critique, and I think it's so great. Like, I love having conversations about music like this where it's not surface level. I feel like Antonoff and Swift sometimes are battling out for who can do, like, is the ballad going to be the lyrics part or the production part? And then, I don't know, my favorite band is Third Eye Blind, and Semi-Charmed Life is a very happy song about doing crystal meth. So <laughs> I kind of like that type of stuff, but yes. I get why somebody wouldn't.
2: Yeah, and that's actually what he just did on the 1975 record is Jack worked with 1975 on their most recent album that came out a week earlier and there's a whole bunch of songs just like that including uh, not to like plug another band or song while we're talking about Taylor Swift but uh looking for somebody to love off their new record Mm -hmm. I can't stop listening to and it's this really like lyrically horribly sad song actually about school shootings and yet it's this unbelievable pop record that like really really interesting to me so um yeah i think those two things go well together and now i'm going to meet myself again because nobody wants to hear me doing this on this podcast
3: thank you the bejeweled video was amazing and it revealed seemingly that the first single she's going to re-record is clean which is my all-time favorite taylor swift song so i may actually die
1: and did you make a, notes of i okay so now that we've talked about taylor swift a lot welcome TikTok, to too many
3: men we're now a taylor swift podcast t- and it's me doing it. i know so, it's me hi
1: coming. Um, you're the my, problem it's you i know <laughs> uh i that i think that's a lyric i think good job a lyric. Oh good job my God. i looked up i looked up lyrics remember to do good the job. the power rankings for dom that time i had to like add the taylor swift lyrics and that took me this a is a word.
3: brand new lyric though that's why i'm very proud of you
1: oh then there we fucking go. Uh, my TikTok thinks I like Taylor Swift now because we were texting so much about it and your phone listens in on everything. And I'm getting like all these TikToks about the new album. But like people were like taking notes during that video. for oh, like yeah.
3: So mm-hmm. were you doing that? Because it's a very you thing to do. I didn't take notes. I read other people. I was I could not be bothered to do the work. <laughs> I appreciated other people's work on it, on the Easter eggs. So, yes. Okay, fair. Okay. Taylor Swift, come on too many men. I feel like it's your vibe. <laughs> we're friends. Are we? Because I need to be. I'm just I saying. I met her. Well, this is true. That's right. You did. You're the only one of us, and I cry. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Shana, for our Taylor Swift. We might need a new se- segment, Taylor Swift Updates. Oh God. <laughs> Perfect. The people <laughs> will love it. The people are dying for this content. Um, Every six months, we can do a Taylor Swift update. That's way too I'll far apart. That. Way too far apart. Okay. All right. So anyway, what segments that we do regularly keep <laughs> is we always start with Sarah's favorite segment, which is... Bit of news. Oh, of. We got the full word today. I love it. Feeling less Irish today. Um, We start with some news that uh, broke on Wednesday, uh, just as we started to record, and this is some disappointing news for a team that I know all of us have been excited to see what happens, and they've had a really dynamic start to their season, and this is being reported by Kyle Bukoskis, Uh, tough news on Josh Norris. DJ Smith is not confident he will play again this season, still waiting to see if surgery is needed on his shoulder. And obviously this news is coming out of Ottawa and the Ottawa Senators. Shayna, before we started recording, your primary concern here was your fantasy team. <laughs> but tell us um, what this means for the actual team that Josh Norris plays on.
1: The actual team, not my team. Okay, Hi. that's fine. Um, now, this is a big loss for Ottawa. And, you know, we looked at this summer, their additions, Claude Giroux and Alex Debrin-Kat, and it, We were talking so much about, like, how that top six is going to look. And, you know, you have Stutzel who's been playing primarily with Brady Kachuk. And norris was playing with the but what works for them is that they brought back derek broussard who is not near the caliber player he was last time he was in ottawa but he's gotten off to a pretty good start there to keep like the line balance in that top six and more importantly to keep shane pinto on the third line where he's absolutely thriving with the uh, tyler mott so it works for them that they they prepared and had that extra center and if they do need they have someone like claude drew who can easily slot to the middle But it seems like they have like a short-term solution, but obviously considering how Broussard's career has gone, like I'm not sure how perfect a solution that's gonna be the whole year for a team that wants to compete and has like that uphill battle in the Atlantic. Uh, But that it's a really big loss uh, for a player who just got signed to a massive contract that, you know, maybe some would say was a little bit early, but you would think would be paying for like the future, uh, the current and future performance. And now you're losing a year of that off the bat.
3: I'm mainly sad because Josh Norris is part of my proudest television moment when I was filling in for JT Brown last year and Josh Norris assisted on a Brady Kachuk goal and I got to say it was a Chuck Norris goal and it was Chuck Norris's birthday and I told a Chuck Chuck Norris joke to John Forslund on the air. Yes, people, this is you happened. And you thought of it on the fly? People, I have jo- I have Chuck Norris jokes for days. I live this life.
0: <laughs> you can need a lifetime contract. That was sharp,
3: <laughs> Sarah. Do you have thoughts on on the loss of Josh Norris for the Senators?
0: First of all, I'm processing that Derek Brassard still exists, so give me a minute. <laughs> Second of all, we love Brad. I know, no, no, we like him. We like him. Ah, uh, anyway, I that sucks. Ottawa was my team this year. I still think. It's funny, like you realize I don't want to say Josh Norris means not Josh Norris means almost everything to this team, but I do want to say like you're surprised sometimes who steps up in the face of adversity. And sometimes the adversity ends up making taking you farther than you ever thought. I'm so fucking positive today. So <laughs> I feel like it's not the end for my Ottawa Senators. And They'll figure it out with Derek Broussard.
3: We do wish Josh Norris a speedy recovery. And uh, again, I think we all still remain high on the Senators. It's been fun to watch Mm -hmm. what they're doing. Um, Of course, at Too Many Men, we cover all hockey. The NHL is not the only hockey in the universe, despite what some may think. Um, And so there's hockey news coming out of the women's side of the game, uh, something I personally am very excited about, and that is that uh, Team USA and Team Canada are going to be playing a series of games um, here coming up, starting soon. And On Tuesday, Team USA announced their roster. Um, Obviously, given the timing here, we're not gonna see any of the NCAA stars that we're used to seeing, but we do have a pretty stacked roster coming out of Team USA. I personally am just thankful that Jintzy Dunn is coming to see me because one of these games is gonna be in Seattle. But uh, Shayna, you are just a legend in terms of understanding all the different parts of the women's game and all the different organizations that are playing in this space. Give us a quick rundown of who to watch for and what to be excited about with this roster.
1: So with no collegiate players, you know, being able to participate, you're going to, you know, be without players like Grace Umwinkle, who I think is like a a spark for that bottom six, you know, because she generally hasn't jumped up to get more minutes. And Caroline Harvey was such a revelation at Worlds when she actually got ice time. It's this crazy concept. But I'm wondering if, like, without Harvey, if it's going to be, like, Dunn's, you know minute to shine, and I hope it is. And, you know, Brianna Decker is still out. Her future in, you know, playing isn't super clear after sustaining an injury at the Olympics, but um, you still have players like, you know, the legend Hillary Knight and Kendall Cohen Schofield. Um, Alex Carpenter is still a part of it. She's always a player to watch. Uh, She is so good in that top six. And it's going to be interesting to see who plays in net as well. You know, is it Maddie Rooney who's going to be taking over? Is it Nicole Hensley? Like, they have uh, options. And Aaron Frankel, I, I oh. hope to see get more minutes. Uh, she didn't really get much of anything but was part of the roster, and I think she has a ton of potential there too. So there's definitely some exciting players to watch, and there's a lot of momentum to build after Worlds because there was such like a new look to Team USA with the new coaching staff where the offense had a little bit more dimension to it and uh, players – throughout the lineup I actually got time to, you know, play and thrive and earn their minutes.
3: And of course we are jacked because again, one of the games that USA and Canada will be playing is in Seattle on November 20th. Um, Just, I'm so excited. I can't wait. And I encourage anyone who's able to come make it out uh, and take it this game. Sarah, what are you excited about this game or this roster? What catches your eye?
0: Yeah, I'm hung up on the Decker news. It stinks that her future is uncertain. I just love watching her play. Um, I do want to see who could step up. Obviously, Hillary Knight, um, excited to see her. I love that she's like, I don't know if you guys follow her on Instagram, but I've just been following her like life in the mountains and stuff. I'm just like, go off, girl. Like build your brand and have... (laughs) nice, like, I love that she's becoming not, I don't want to call her an influencer or her, reduce her to that. But the fact that like she markets herself so well as such an example of kind of how to make money in this league. I'm, I'm excited for watching that develop more. I like the behind the scenes stuff and I'm excited to watch more women's hockey. I mean, it's been a busy few years for me and now I can, I want to make this a focus and like a goal for me this year because it's so fun. And I, when, every time I watch women's hockey, I'm like, why haven't, I've done more of this, so I'm going to go to some Pride Games this year with my niece and maybe do a little little reporting, see what happens.
3: Fuck around and find out, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, again, uh, we're so lucky to have um, not just Sarah and her reporting that's coming, but Shayna, who paid, like I said, there's so much happening in this space, so... Um, Shayna, keep it up. We love your analysis. Thank Shana, you. Mike Shana, Murphy,
0: the legends.
3: That's right. Ice Garden, follow them all. Um, but let's move on. There's more news to cover on quickly because um, we still have some hockey news too. Um, Patrick Laine, who went out of the first game of the season for the Columbus Blue Jackets with a Elbow injury and was targeted to maybe not even be able to return when the Blue Jackets head to Finland here in the next week or so. Did make his return on Tuesday night. Um, Unfortunately, that was probably the only good news that came out of that game besides his outfit because they were crushed by the Coyotes of Arizona. Um, Not a good showing for the Columbus Blue Jackets, but Sarah, first and foremost, the style king. Is back. Your thoughts on Patrick Line being back in the NHL?
0: I love that the Blue Jackets tweet his outfits at me. So I, already, I always know his status. I'm like, oh, he's playing today. Great. I'm glad he's back before the Finland games. I do wonder what the hell is going on in Columbus. I don't know. It's just like, Goudreau's scoring but things just aren't clicking. I mean, I guess I had the same questions before the season, right? It's like, okay, you add that piece. Someone did respond to our podcast, which I thought about it and they're probably right, that I'm like, why am I questioning why Goudreau is going to Columbus when other teams rebuild and they get a star and that's just part of the rebuild? So I guess when I see it from that way, yeah, they're working on a rebuild, I suppose. Allison, how do you see this?
3: <laughs> I mean, I, I've, I've said this, and, you know, I'm I'm excited for Columbus. I think that they're going to be a really strong team. I just think they're still building. This is not going to be the year. And now they have um, some more injuries coming out. Um, but I am a little disappointed in, and I was not able to watch the game. Um, I was working last night during games. Um, but it doesn't sound like, you know, it, it's also there's an attitude and, and an energy and an intention you can show in a game, and it sounds like that was missing for the Jackets against a team that, in theory, one should be a little bit more up for. I don't know, Shayna, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I really only saw the first period of that game because once more we're starting and the game was kind of out of reach, I shifted away from it. Um, but it definitely feels like, it, the nerds talking about it here, like, will overskill, but, like, there's something to it. Like, there needs to be that energy brought. But, like, you know, it was nice to see Lion-A return, um... And, you know, he generated a number of shots, which we know he's someone who kind of like pinpoints the shot, takes a shot, and that's it. And he's not going to be like the volume shooter. But, you know, he was good in that regard. And so is Johnny Gaudreau. But I do wonder, too, like, if they're going to explore splitting the two of them up, if they're going to be like the primary shooters on that team. And Johnny Gaudreau is such a good player because he's a shooter and like one of the best passers in the league without question, I would say, of last year, the best passer in the league in all situations. Um, So obviously one player like that setting up line A, but like... Maybe there is something to splitting them up to have that weapon, you know, on different lines. And maybe that'll kind of keep them a little bit more engaged each shift uh, instead of it just being like the top lines on. We have a shot.
3: Now they're off. We don't. I think the issue is not that. I think the issue is they don't have a center. Oh, they're trying everyone in between. So I don't think they should split them up, to be honest with you. I think the issue is they can't figure out who's supposed to play between them.
1: Do you think that Boone Jenner being there takes away a player who could bring some
3: energy elsewhere? Yes. Contractually, by my relationship to my husband, <laughs> I am not allowed to speak on Boone Jenner.
1: <laughs> it's his I'm gonna player. say, yes. No, we <laughs> love Boone Jenner, he's but I just mean, like, we love him. Well, I'm not saying anything bad about Boone Jenner, I'm just saying, like, is, I think, is it too top-heavy if he's there? When he could be I, an energy I, I, player
3: on the next line? With all due, I think that they need a different player, and it might not be someone they currently have. That's between. That's fair those two players okay I can't get myself in any more trouble let's move on
0: (laughs) (laughs) this whole podcast is us like trying not to get into trouble but we do it for you guys
3: these are our true thoughts all right um other bit o news Uh, we got a lot of news today um Phil Kessel Phil the original Phil the thrill he skated in his 990th straight game he is now the sole owner of the active Ironman streak for consecutive games played. Um, Phil has taken a lot of shit. Phil has seen a lot of shit. And I personally am happy for him. I think it's great. I love that he just brings his own attitude and style. Um, Shayna, Phil Kessel, no hot dogs allowed. Tell us your thoughts. (laughs)
1: I think that, yeah, this is a player who has taken a lot of shit unfairly when he's he's a good player and, you know, maybe he's not supposed to be the guy on the team and that's perfectly okay. You know, he's very good as being like one of the key contributors instead of the leading star. And that's why I think Vegas is a good landing spot for him versus a team like Arizona. And it's why he thrived in Pittsburgh. He wasn't the guy in Pittsburgh. He was a part of their third line and he was damn good at it. So... It's a player like I definitely appreciate. I like the flair for dramatics with you know him scoring his 400th goal last night as well.
0: Phil Phil is hilarious. I have a Phil story from when I was in Pittsburgh covering the Penguins. Um, There was a the UPMC um, practice facility. It's so nice, and there's like youth tournaments there all the time. And one day, like during training camp, there was this youth tournament, and Phil Kessel. I was like pretty shy at this time. I had not. It's my first. NHL team that I'm covering, and I walk into the locker room. Then Phil walks into the locker room, and he looks at me and he goes, "What the hell are all these kids doing here?" I'm like, "I don't know, Phil. I don't know who you think I am, but I don't have the answers for you." He just said it so like how Phil Kessel would say it. I'm just like that. He is the he is who exactly you think he is, and I just think it's hilarious that the past two Iron Men, him and Keith Yandel, like. Keith Yandel would eat ice cream sandwiches before every game and Phil Kessel, like there was a period of time where he only drank blue Gatorade and would like be forced to drink water. And it, I'm not trying to start another rumor, but that was a story in Sportsnet or something like water's that. Water overrated. So I, I, I agree. Say, I agree. But it's so overrated. funny that like Nathan McKinnon and Sidney Crosby like, scream at their teammates for not having <laughs> boiled chicken. And these two guys that like haven't missed a shift are just eating ice cream. Just love that for them.
3: Amazing, yes. we So we here, we add it to the fan list. We are also a pro-Phil Kessel pod. We love Phil Kessel. Congrats to you. Um, Usually at this time, we would talk about the shit list. However, it's a brand new day. Shayna and Sarah both wrote shockingly positive stories. Um, So there's no shit list for us this week. Um, Sarah, you've already acknowledged you're on this like pro-optimistic vibe. Shayna, what's bringing the vibes for you?
1: I mean, we could talk about Vancouver if you want to be negative. I could go all fucking <laughs> no. day about that. No. Um no no, please I, no. I, I don't know. We did negative last week. Like I wrote about the shitty starts from teams. And now we're just looking for some positivity. We I mean, at the it. end of the week, I'm writing something that's going to be like both ends of the spectrum. So I have to balance myself out tomorrow,
3: apparently we love it we love it and we uh we wanted to throw in our anti-shit list that the kraken finally got their first home win last night Um, a a very solid complete uh, 5-1 win over the red hot buffalo sabers so uh, that was really impressive um, and we wanted to give a shout out, uh, Shana wanted to call attention, um, this is from the Twitter account at NHL to Seattle. Uh, the individual behind that is a, a wonderful person named John Barr. Um, we're big fans, um, he is a, one of the big forces in terms of even bringing the NHL from a fan perspective to Seattle, so shout out to him, but um, he does some great work and he pointed out that with goals from uh, Morgan Geeky, Jamie Alexiak, and of course Daniel Sprong, who didn't know, uh, last night, uh, the Kraken now lead. the league in terms of unique goal scores by team with 16. Uh, The aforementioned Columbus Blue Jackets are second with 15, and then Vegas and Pittsburgh rank in with 14. But um, for a team that's building like the Kraken is, I think that's a a nice part of their story to show that they are getting contributions up and down the lineup. Shayna, this caught your eye. What was it about this information that that you were compelled by?
1: When we did the team previews for the Kraken, like the question was like, do they have enough star power? And the answer is probably not yet. Maybe they will when like Maddie Beniers really breaks out and Shane Wright, but like right now they don't, but that's okay because they can be a team that works by committee and they needed goal support and they brought it in. So it's nice to see the you know contributions from some of the players who were on last year, like Jordan Eberle and Jared McCann, and as well as players like Burakovsky, who I think is gonna, you know, is a good fit there and we love Oliver Bjorkstrand and stuff like that so and then they're still getting you know contributions from their defense so if they're going to click it's like a team effort to to generate goals which they need and that's going to help support their goaltending which obviously needs the help right now given Grubauer's injury
3: Sarah are you a fan of teams that are getting scoring from a lot of places or do you think that truly successful teams need like some big tentpole players who drive most of the play
0: yeah, I think that was a really solid interpretation of that stat because it's so true that like younger teams and teams that are building something towards the future, like I think having a lot of scoring from different places there is helpful. Then you look at Carolina at the bottom because seven goals have come from Andrei Svechnikov, and you want him to score, right? It's like because you know. The, they aren't going to fizzle out. So I think it's very dependent on team to team where you're at. If you're going to make the Stanley Cup, the, the Hurricanes' issue was that they needed more oomph per 60, and we've talked about that last year the past few years. And it's like because they have all these really good players, but they need that one guy that's going to score a ton. Like you just need that guy when you're winning the Cup. So I feel like when you're in the top five-ish, you're going to need more spread not spread out scoring but like more of that like weapon but if you're kind of in the middle of the pack it's a really good place to be where you have production coming from everywhere
3: outstanding stuff well and again shout out to john barr who who brought that stat to us we love it um we have just some quick run around the league news some teams that are catching our eye that we wanted to break down a little bit more we already talked about uh, Phil Kessel and his achievements. He is obviously with the Vegas Golden Knights. That is his latest team and his tour through the NHL. And again, a very illustrious and long career. Um, they're off to a strong start. Uh, Jack Eichel is playing well. We talked about Phil Kessel. They have a new head coach, Bruce Cassidy, who's bringing in some new systems. And then You know, for me, the biggest question mark for this team was their goaltending because obviously Robin Leonard is out for the season. And in come Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill, and and they're playing well. I kind of cracked up, I did not see this actual quote, but someone brought it, I I believe this to be true, that I guess Mark Stone was grousing, like, everyone's underestimating us, everyone's counting us out, we have something to prove, I'm like, no one is counting you out, no one thinks you suck, you were all just broken last year, we all expected you to be good again this year, because everyone's healthy except your goaltender. So, I'm not here for the faux chip on your shoulder, Mark Stone, even though I love your game, Um, (laughs) but Shayna Vegas,
1: yeah I think if anything everyone counted out the goaltending and they counted out Mark Stone because no one knew like could his career continue um I'm here for a healthy Mark Stone being back in the fold he's one of the best players in the league to watch in my opinion like when he's healthy when he's clicking and like just to watch him strip the puck away from opponents I could watch that literally all day and I love him with Chandler Stevenson who that is a player that did not get that time and space in Washington and is just like in the perfect position In Vegas, it's like everything clicks with him. I like too that they, so they were going with like a different lineup strategy, which was more about like balance. And I felt like they had like pairs of players together. Like it was Kessel Eichel, Stevenson, Stone, and then uh, William Carlson with March. So, and now they're changing it up with that stack top line that they put together uh, two games ago with Eichel, Stevenson, and Stone. And it's like, you have three of the best players in transition on one line, but I'm interested to see how it goes because I think Eichel's playing well. And I think everyone wants to see that next level from him. And I think this is a combination he's gonna get there with and then they can like figure it out but uh the player to shout out that i don't think is getting the appreciation is riley smith who has just like quietly been effective in vegas this whole time he doesn't get the credit of everyone else and i know there were a lot of rumors about him being traded last year and then because he was hurt they freed up cap space so they didn't need to move him or you know would they extend him and they chose to like he's just a very good contributor and i think would be good in anyone's top nine so it's nice he's still like you know, going and, you know, quietly effective there while a lot of the attention's on the big guys.
0: 69th pick overall, Riley Smith. (laughs) Of course I remember
3: that. (laughs) Sarah, are you impressed that the goaltending is standing up in the face of maybe low expectations or did we underestimate what Vegas always manages to do, which is find a way through?
0: Well, you, your chip, I'll get to your chip on the shoulder comments, but uh, Jesse Granger wrote a really good story about Logan Thompson. I thought, I mean, he came from the coast and he's been having a great time. I mean, I, I wonder how much that's going to last. You know, I hope it lasts for a while. That's a
1: great story. Um, My fantasy team also hope it hopes it lasts since we're talking yeah. about that today. We, yeah. we very much care about it lasting.
0: Yeah, I am surprised. And I have to say maybe Mark Stone was reading BleacherReport.com because I was naysaying them. I used one word to describe every team headed into the season. I used before... Taylor announced her album, I, I said karma. And then in my article today, I was like, they were using the Taylor Swift version of karma, that they're fine. And it's not, karma's a relaxing thought to them. So I think, I, as I was writing the story, though, I just kept being like, oh, they have Jack Eichel, Bruce Cassidy, they're healthy again, the goaltending's good. Why was I ever? Counting them out. I think I just like maybe wanted karma to catch up to them after <laughs> kind of the revolving door of people. But good for
3: them. Yeah. I mean, definitely they, they deserve a little pushback for some shenanigans, but you can't deny what they're going to be, in my opinion, yeah. at least. And
0: Jack Eichel deserves to go off. And his Sabres are going off too, so everybody
3: wins. Unless they're in Seattle. So, <laughs> hey, hey, sorry, let me have my fun. You're right. Um, <laughs> um, another team that we underestimated probably uh, was the Boston Bruins. This was a team where the narrative coming into the season was, can they just make it through until a lot of their key players come back from surgery and from injury? Um, obviously, Pasternak is pasta. He's scoring. Uh, Nick Felino has already scored more than he did the entire season season last year uh, linus olmark has been solid they're off to their best start since 1969 70 with a record of six one and zero sarah you've been able to see this team in person a little bit already are the bruins for real
0: everywhere i go yeah the bruins are for real because like we are, so- are talking about marshand and mcavoy aren't back yet um Ulmark and Swayman are two good options, I think. And Olmark is doing exactly what he has to do. I the vibes are definitely there. If that like, you know, when you can walk into a locker room and you can kind of just tell they like being there. They have like I, I think David Craigie coming back was more of a boost than anybody gave him credit for. And when he was talking to us, um, last week, he was just saying like, I went to check, not because my career was over. I-, I was taking care of some family stuff. Like we have to remember sometimes these guys are human and we are living through a pandemic and shit has been happening. So he's come back and he's been awesome with Posternock. That's just like Pavel Zaka, pretty good chipping in. Um, it's just like, everybody's
1: doing their job.
3: Shana, what impresses you about Boston right now?
1: Yeah. Like we talked, Just a minute ago about Stevenson how he just clicks in Vegas better and it seems like Zaka already is like clicking way better in Boston than he ever did in New Jersey which good for him you know there's a ton of pressure on him as like a high draft pick and things like that and I think New Jersey needed him to be a player that just it wasn't happening um the return of David Krejci is great Pashnak is going off I think Taylor Hall on that line it it's so good, and I don't know. Do we forget that like Taylor Hall was literally a heart caliber player a couple years ago? Like we do, uh, you know? Like, yeah, like his stock <laughs> has totally fallen. Sure, but he's been so good in Boston, and now he's on this line that that's somehow their second line. And you know, I was looking at uh, Sean Ferris has done some tracking, and you could see a player like Charlie Coyle really going off as their you know third line center. And I think it's just such an upgrade to have Krejci there instead of Eric Hall as the second line center. And the fact that the third line is going because Coyle is so good at bringing the puck into the zone with control like there's a lot working for Boston that last year it was kind of there almost there not great enough to be the contender that you know they want to be in the east which is they're in a tough division and they're just like playing really well and Hampus Lindholm too I think a lot of us kind of wrote him off in Anaheim because he was asked to do a lot on a team that was like very bad and you know He's good defensively, sure, but now he's had to step up into more of an all-situation role, and he's been really good with Boston. So um, credit to the players and credit to the coach, Jim Montgomery. Uh, It seems like when he started in Dallas, there were a lot of positive takeaways, and it seems like there's a lot of positive takeaways for him in Boston, and there were in St. Louis as him as an assistant coach. So it's nice to see, you know, uh, we can see, like, Bruce Cassidy, a lot of people, because he was a good coach, but maybe they brought someone in who's better for this
3: team right now. Well, some other teams that we wanted to talk about, too, in what I understand was the Georgia revenge game, potentially, <laughs> last night, who's to say, um, but the Rangers and the Avs played last night. Again, I was working, so I didn't get to see much of this, but the Rangers have been a little bit of a mixed bag. Uh, this is a team that we were all three high on, particularly after how they finished out the year, and again, with their exceptional goaltending that they've been getting. Um, Shana, take us through where we think the Rangers are at right now.
1: Yeah, that was definitely a revenge game for Georgiev and good for him because he obviously left New York wanting more of a role that he was never going to have here. And, you know, he doesn't have to be otherworldly in Colorado. They don't need him to be that. But he was really good last night. Um, But the Rangers are interesting because it feels like they're losing to game, losing to teams that they should be able to beat, like the Sharks, the Blue Jackets, and they're playing poorly in those games. And then when it's someone like Minnesota and Tampa Bay and Colorado, they're really coming to play uh the standout for me last night was adam fox i you know as much as we hear about narr- narratives on national broadcasts i didn't hear enough about mccarver's fox that i felt like could have been talked about but he came to play and there's you know the goal was this incredible play where he turned defense into offense against nathan mckinnon of all players when fox isn't that big of a player he's not that physical and he crushed it there but it was like the little things his keep-ins and he was breaking up plays with the stick and like all the quintessential things that make him a good player But for the Rangers, we have to talk about Artemi Panarin and his start. After last year, he was not good at 5-on-5. He was great on the power play. He had moments of brilliance at 5-on-5, and he picked it up when they brought in Andrew Kopp, but it was not his best year. And now you can see he's shooting the puck more. He's making these amazing passes. And it's the creativity that makes him such a good player and how he protects the puck. And it's everything like that. I think when you're watching by 5-on-5 now, you're just like, ah, yes, that's that's the elite player we know. And maybe... It kind of stops everyone from wondering if aging was catching up or if he didn't click in New York with the new systems under Gallant.
3: Well, speaking of, 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 well, Sarah, before we go about narratives, do you have any thoughts on the Rangers? The, the Metro's pretty clogged right now, so even with their record of 3-2-2 two, and two, with eight points, they're technically in sixth place in the Metro, but they are one of four teams with eight points, so this is gonna shake out as the season gets longer, but any thoughts on the Rangers in general?
0: Yeah, well, what Shayna said with like they play up to good teams, they play down to bad teams, that is such an indication of a really good young team that's kind of like going to be good for a while but still has a few things to maybe work out. And it's like fans have to remember that this is the beginning of the regular season and that it's going to be okay. Um, I think just watching the Rangers is so funny because it's like Johnny Laz always has his clips of – Good plays and it's like everybody's talking about the lineup like I know the lineup better than I know my own lineup I don't know. It's just the the Rangers faithful I love when the Rangers are good because they come out of the woodwork and it's like, okay, we're gonna clog Twitter in a good way They're passionate folk. That's all I'll say
3: (laughs) Well, we had a we were talking about narratives and so uh, folks we're gonna take you inside the too many men text chat uh, for a little bit here Um, we were kind of roasting some of the tired narratives that, that writers would tend to go to, or it's all about the fit, right? You have to have the writer who is either in a space where they have a clever angle, or they need to have some some fun given the beat they're on or the kind of work that they do. And and it has to just really be a truly creative idea versus, you know, oh, like which team's c- color is red today and which team would be the best blue, like it has to be fun. So, <laughs> so we, in our completely innovative and 100% accurate narrative way, Decided that we'd play a little game. Um, I'm interested to see how Sarah joins in because she was not having it while, while Shayna and I were having some fun with this. My friends, some very important news, some very important analysis. Your favorite NHL players as cheese. Shayna, you can start. Okay. Uh, Sidney Crosby is
1: mozzarella cheese. It's an elite cheese. You it's-
3: t- mozzarella.
1: I say mozzarella and then like rich I swear puts on this like Italian accent because he is Italian. When he <laughs> when he talks about certain cheeses, like I say regatta cheese and he gets really mad at me. You say
3: what? Regatta cheese? Ricotta. It's regatta. It's fine. Oh. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> anyway, this, this know, is we can't even play this game. You can't pronounce the cheeses.
1: It's fine. But yeah, Sydney Crosby's good in all situations on everything. Like you could mix mozzarella cheese on everything. And it's good. And then you forget about how good it is because it's like a quintessential cheese. It's the one that like it, you use it all the time. You forget how good it is. Yet it's perfect and elite. So that's Sidney Crosby. Sarah,
3: do you have a player as cheese?
1: Yeah, you guys, I was definitely setting this one out. Um,
0: <laughs> my <laughs> lactose intolerance was flaring up. No, I don't even know. I was doing something. Um, Cody Eakin is cheddar cheese. He's got the the orange <laughs> mullet. So
3: <laughs> Inspired choice. Inspired choice. <laughs> Well, my my favorite one that I came up with that was already shared on on the Twitter, which if you aren't already, follow us at two underscore much underscore man. Kale McCarr is fondue because he's (laughs) totally changing what cheese is all about. And he is our elite little... Come on, that's good. That's fun. No, I like that. That, I love that one. And the other one you suggested, um, JT
1: Miller as blue cheese. Because he's blue and moldy, because, like, everything going on in Vancouver is so terrible. Smelly, he's smelly. So, he's smelly, he's oh, smelly. I'm sorry. oh my god. Blue. Blue? <laughs> he's blue, he's sad. What's going on in Vancouver <laughs> is sad. And, like, everything, everything stinks, and he's so salty about it. He's so salty about everything, every quote. I'm like, and I get it. Like, if someone asks me, like, do you carry jerseys are being thrown on the ice? Like, what do you want to say? Like, I... I give a shit that fans are wasting their money. Like, I didn't care what he said about that. It's everything else. So I personally love that one.
3: Sarah, do you have any more cheese, hot cheese takes? I don't. I was enjoying <laughs> this from a distance. Well, there you go. Well, uh, Shayna, were there any other good ones we had in the chat that we need to bring back? Um, was Nachushkin Gouda cheese? Yeah, well, that was mine, I think, right? Because I said he's Gouda. Yeah. Hey. Hey hey, hey. Hey, hey. hey.
0: hey. Who is Brie cheese? Check out our five thousand word
1: analysis
0: I later. Did, <laughs>
3: exactly. I did say someone was Brie.
1: Who did I say oh, was Brie? And, I, I mean, Swiss cheese for goaltending is the oh, easiest yeah, one obviously. to do. You could say like literally Mackenzie Blackwood lit is Swiss cheese, and it's like if he doesn't, if he doesn't touch. If the puck doesn't go near him, it's not going through the holes that already exist. Like, the devils have to literally make sure he doesn't face any, like, good shots against or it's going
3: past him. Here's here's who I said was Brie. Pierre-Edouard Belmar. Oh, there oh, we yeah. go. Hey. Okay, okay. okay Dad, that's my okay. boy. Okay. okay. This is the think piece I'm going to do once the a month. The think piece, that's right. Cheese players, players cheese. Read all about <laughs> it. Insights you need. <laughs> subscribe I'm, We're going to randomly
1: think of these throughout to the like year. Patreon. I hope, <laughs> I hope everyone comes up stuff. with them. I just want to see people randomly tweeting us being like, you know, this player is Pepperjack.
3: We like want them. your cheesesteaks, people. We're really dead serious. Please share them with us and we will share them on the show. We're here for it. Yep. All right. We end every episode with our very favorite game. If, we also have merch for our very favorite game. So if you haven't ordered that, I ordered mine the other day. I cannot wait. Um, but it is time for Fuck, Mary Kill. And in honor of our Sarah Sivian and her tremendous work leading the way with NHL and hockey style rankings. And by the time this episode comes out, we may have even more fun excitement around the style rankings. But we'll keep that quiet for now. We'll share it with you later on the Twitters. But we thought for Fuck, Mary Kill, we'd go with the three style choices of, and Sarah, you're going to be up first. So get ready. David Pasternak. Patrick Laine. Keandre Miller, Sarah, you are up.
0: Like, why would they do this to me? This is the (laughs) hardest thing in the world, truly. These are all style icons in their own right. Um, God. (laughs) I'm going to go out of left field here and marry Keandre because he is very consistent with the looks. And even if it's not something crazy, I know it's still going to be like well put together, well, nicely accessorized. Um... I expect a lot out of him and he rarely disappoints. And I ask a lot out of him and he is up to the challenge. So we stand. I am going to, (laughs) this is so hard. They're kind of like one in the same for me. Oof. okay. I am going to fuck line it because he's always like, he's always ready doing something crazy. So it's like, if I need an affair, like that's going to be a fun one to have, right? Like the holographic, take a ride on my holographic backpack. Like I, (laughs) I like that. I like the, you never know what you're going to get. Oh God. I have to kill pasta. I'm so sorry. He, I have to do more research onto what he's wearing every day this season, but he hasn't been really, I think he's been too busy scoring goals. You know what? Like I'm not going to hate on him too much, but I'm expecting a little more out of the outfits this season. And and I have to repeat again that this is the hardest fuck, Mary kill of all time because these are the top
1: three style icons of the league in my eyes right now.
3: Shayna? Yeah,
1: I have to agree. These are the top three style icons. Um, I also am going to kill Pashnak. I do think that he could bring more to it this year. And I think even with some of the looks last year, like I love the risks he, he was taking and I commend him for that. But like it didn't. The outfits didn't always vibe with me, but, like, I respect his style, so I will kill him for that. I will fuck K. Andre Miller's style. I think that he's bringing a lot to the table. I, I love the, you know, accessorizing. I like the risks he's taking, too. Like, you know, even as a rookie on an original 16, like, you didn't really know if you were going to see that kind of style and that kind of personality, and he brought it. Um, So just more of it. Is what I want to see. Um and I will marry line A style because he goes for it. Like he takes big swings, he's very confident in them. Um, I like the risk taking and I also like the sustainability of it. Like even if an outfit's memorable, you don't always expect someone to rewear it, and he does, and I do respect that. So I think he would keep things, you know, fun and interesting, but still have like a consistency to him. So I'm gonna marry that style.
3: Interesting. That's an interesting point I had not contemplated because I will say as much as I respect Patrick Line and his adventurous nature. Like it's sometimes too much for me. Sometimes too much for me. That's fair. Um, but now I'm a little more compelled because he does rewear things. Um, gosh, you guys, I pasta don't know. Pasta is too. Yeah, and you know what? I I kind of now. Granted, I have not been up on his style of late as much as Sarah has. But I kind of like like pasta is just this consistent. Like it's not. Elite, elite, top of style, but because it's consistent at a more moderate level, I almost have, like, more respect for the game. Um, so my original rankings, although I kind of don't agree with them anymore, was that I was going to kill Patrick Liney's style, which was really just process of elimination, and also I think I'd have a headache. Um, I was going to marry K. Andre and fuck Pasta, for all the reasons I said I did it in reverse. But there you go. Those are mine. I still like it.
1: They're all good Yeah, that's,
3: all the ch- oh, that's the thing. that's like thing,
0: The hardest thing to
1: decide so <laughs> I just was trying to think of style icons and that's, that's where my brain went to the three of them and I'm like this is going to be very difficult but I guess that's what makes it fun and we can definitely yeah. during the season think of more like when we start seeing the front runners like guys like Yanni Gord are coming out with like create suits every week
3: alright my friends and for the record for anyone who thinks that that was too hard everyone on this pod approved that in the group chat mm-hmm. as our mm-hmm. fuck Mary Kill before we started
0: <laughs> We're providing you with all the hard-hitting content so the, the
1: analysis you need we're not hashtag not any the punches. cheeses the fashions <laughs> this is what Taylor the tailor. Like, the tailor. A, the tail- yesterday they the athletic like tweeted out a note from my story with like the image and it was like babe wake up the Bruins aren't dead yet <laughs> and I'm like this is it this is the hard-hitting analysis everyone wants to see and I love that because like we we're allowed to have fun especially because like I mean, we're not always having fun. Sarah had to talk about hockey Canada last week, yeah, and Allison exactly. has had to introduce hockey to a new set of fans, which has its challenges. And that's fun, though. It Good. is fun, but like it's tough, especially when the team doesn't play well too. It's tough to keep coming up with creative angles without, you know, saying the same things. And you always have something, so you're allowed to have fun. And like, I had to watch a year of the devil's goaltending. Like, I deserve fun once in a while too. Babe, wake up. We're having fun. <laughs>
3: Well, friends, we hope that this podcast has brought some fun into your day. As we already mentioned, if you aren't already, please follow us on Twitter at two underscore much underscore man. If you want to rock out your support of Too Many Men, be like Root Sports' Piper Shaw and buy your Too Many Men merch. We also have Fuck Mary Kill, Too Many Men Merch, and Pro Torts merch. You can check it all out on our website. The link is also in our Twitter bio. We are coming at you every week with episodes on Tuesday and Thursday, thanks to the tremendous work of our producer, Jeremy Taché, who also is elite in his appreciation of Taylor Swift. We thank him for that. Until we talk next time, make space for others to enjoy this great game of hockey wherever they want to and however they want to, and be good to one another. We will talk to you soon.
1: Love you. Bye.